All right, 8countnews.com and bradcooney.com. I'd like to welcome in Travis Walton, whose absolutely amazing story, Fire in the Sky, about a UFO abduction that he encountered and was part of. That's absolutely just, it's just a mind-blowing thing. Mind-blowing story. Travis, welcome. Well, uh, thanks for having me. Absolutely. I'm honored to talk to you. I've uh, known about your story for many, many years. I saw the movie. Um, I've always been fascinated with extraterrestrials, UFO, paranormal stuff. I'm, I'm just one of those kind of guys. Um, if you would, and I know you've done this a million times, since 1975, but just give my listeners a quick, as quick as you can, a quick rundown of what happened on that night, um, or that day back in 1975, and then we'll just kind of spin off some questions from that. Well, uh, there was a, uh, I was working with a crew, uh, that we were a crew of seven, we were working in the mountains and in the forest, and uh, we'd been on this contract for months, and uh, we put in a long day, and we were headed home, and uh, we saw this glowing object uh, uh, through the trees there. And uh, when we got up close, uh, it was uh, turned out to be <laughs> a fly, uh, glowing disc, a metallic disc. And uh, I got out of the truck, went up to get a closer look, and bam, I got hit by something that felt like a... Kind of like a, a physical blow, but kind of like a, an electrical shock. Mm. But uh, the crew, uh, you know, it, it knocked me out. And, you know, maybe maybe it's just that my memory was, you know, of, of that instant wasn't, you know, was somehow, you know, not kept in my mind mm -hmm. because of the severity of the energy passing through my body. But the crew described, uh, you know, a very violent, powerful blast of energy that just lit up the entire forest brighter than day and um, they freaked out and, and uh, took off momentarily they got a grip on themselves and came back in time to see the craft take off and uh, they searched for me couldn't find me and went and got law enforcement and uh, the sheriff and his men uh, made a search that night and uh, for the next five days and then, uh, you know, over that period of time, the, uh, the theory that the men had uh, murdered me and made up this crazy story to cover up for a crime um, uh, boiled to the surface, and, and so the men volunteered to take lie detector tests, and so the uh, sheriff brought in the state police uh, uh, polygraph uh, expert and uh, tested the men, and... Uh, when they passed, it really <laughs> left the sheriff with, you know, searching for some other way to explain it away. And not just the sheriff, but uh, the community, you know. People at large, you know, they uh, right off the bat, you know, started uh, with all kinds of theories to try to, you know, say this was anything other than what we believed it was. Okay, so couple questions off off that um when you when you approached when you first saw the this 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 disc in the air you, i would have done the same thing I, I'm, I'm a curious cat too i would have walked towards it just like you did um 
when that beam hit you, did it immediately knock you out, or did you feel feel the impact first before you lost consciousness? Uh, I did feel a numbing shock as I blacked out. Um, but if there was, you know, anything that I picked up visually, like I said, I think maybe just the extreme shock to the brain um, mm. might have uh, prevented those memories from... You know, I, I, I've just been seeing some videos uh, about soldiers in Afghanistan when they're hit by an IED. Mm -hmm. They very often don't remember the actual explosion because, you know, it's just so traumatic to the nervous system mm -hmm. that, you know, those memories don't get stored or whatever the process is there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my, my nephew's actually in Afghanistan right now with the 2-7 Marines. Um, and when he actually hit two IEDs, thank God he's okay, but I'll ask him about that. All right, so you was with the, your, 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 your co-workers, you know, there was, I guess there was three of you total, right? Was there you and two others? Oh, no, me and six others. That's right, you, there were the more. Were there any other witnesses to this besides you and the loggers? that there was someone uh, deer hunting in the in the area that was on the next ridge that saw it but that turned out to very have a very curious connection because it turned out that he had connections to military intelligence and to the people that were later trying to you know suppress uh, um, you know hmm. the uh, incident to uh, sort of discredit it and uh but this guy, you know, came forward and said that he had been deer hunting with his wife uh, and they were now divorced, but she would verify that they had seen it. And he took a lie detector test from the state police polygraph examiner who determined that he was telling the truth about that, seeing the glow of the craft and the, and the blast of the beam. But when they questioned him on another test about connections to the people that were trying to discredit this, um, he flunked that test. So it was really uh, kind of a weird situation, but hmm. um, a lot of stuff has come out along those lines. Uh, uh, there was a Freedom of Information request um, on the uh, main um, figure who was trying to discredit this incident, and uh, his FBI <laughs> raised the eyebrows. Interesting. Very interesting. All right, so... When you woke up, when you came to, when you regained consciousness, you were on board this craft. Um, what was the first thing you saw when you opened your eyes and looked around? What was what, what did it look like? Well, I was in a lot of pain at first, and uh, you know, uh, I was. It was real hazy the way I sort of came to, little bit at a time, and I'd uh, you know pass back out again because of all the pain and everything. I was having a lot of trouble breathing. Hmm. But eventually I remembered approaching the object, you know, and I, so I figured I must have been hurt because I was, this pain had, you know, coming from somewhere. And I figured that the crew had taken me to the hospital, so I thought I was in a hospital at first. Mm -hmm. I could hear the sounds of movement around me, but when I could finally focus my eyes, I, uh, I looked to see, uh, and these weren't doctors, it was these creatures standing over me. Hmm. I just flipped out. It was just a total freak out at that point. Did they did they look like what's commonly 
called the Greys? Were they Greys? Yeah, they didn't call them that back then, but yeah, that's uh, kind of, uh, you know, four foot tall, mm -hmm. you know, hairless, large eyes, but uh, different in certain ways. Um, a lot of what people describe as Greys, they say they just have a, a solid black eye, but I saw eyelids that blinked. Hmm. I, I got a theory that perhaps they have some co sort of a covering over their eye uh, because normal light, normal for us, is way too bright for them. Because, hmm. you know, the reason I think their eyes are so big is because they live in a very low-light situation. Mm -hmm. You know, when uh, there's animals that are nocturnal uh, on Earth, you know, they invariably have very large eyes. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking that maybe um, there's some kind of a, like, sort of like sunglasses, you know, without frames, some way of uh, um, sticking to their uh, face mm -hmm. like uh, that to protect their eyes from uh, brighter light. And it also does make sense that maybe they didn't perhaps look exactly like other people's descriptions of grays, because if you look at the human species, we don't all look exactly the same either. There's little... Yeah, yeah. And you know what? Uh, I, I um, have a, developed a theory about that. Um, mm. You know, we have in the southwest here an animal called a javelina uh, or a peccary. And, they, you know, the, the hunters generally just sort of call them wild pigs. Mm. But they're not pigs at all. They have a snout and they grunt and they, you know, have tusks. And they look like pigs, but... Uh, the, the geneticists tell us they're not pigs at all. They're not related to pigs. So my point is, you know, that there are animals like the American pronghorn uh, that looks like uh, an African antelope, but that's not an antelope at all. Similar environments create similar appearances. Right. And so, you know, it's actually possible that these different uh, reports that people have could actually be completely different races or species of, of beings that might even be from different planets, not even mm -hmm. the same planet. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, all right, so once once you got focused when you're on the craft, and you just said a minute ago you freaked out, which most people would, um, I think I read somewhere where you were actually separated from the aliens on the craft. Is, is that true, where you were yeah. wandering around? You know, I think they were trying to regain control of me, and they couldn't do it. And because, you know, I'm much bigger than them, I, they probably saw me as pretty dangerous, mm -hmm. uh, running around like a maniac, because I was, you know, really out of my mind with fear. They left, and so I went looking for a way out, and I was going to try to escape from this craft. Uh, open a door somehow, you know, because I wasn't thinking very clear. This was just total panic, and so all I could think was open that door and jump out, and I'll be back in the woods there. But, you know, it probably wasn't in the woods at that time, but that's what I was thinking at the time. Mm -hmm. And also you encountered a humanoid inside the craft as well, which really got my attention. Um, do you believe that the human that you encountered that kind of guided you back and you said I read somewhere I researched that it didn't communicate with you the, the human but kind of guided you like, maybe I don't know did he put his hand on your shoulder and kind of walked you back towards 
Yeah, yeah he took me by, by the arm and took me out of there. And, you know, at first I thought he was probably just a human from some uh, Earth-based agency, you know, like uh, Air Force or something, but um, I, I don't think that now. But, uh, you know, that was the reason I was cooperative when he just took me by the arm and led me out of there because, you know, it was just so terrifying to me. I just wanted to be away from those. Mm -hmm. It's a very interesting twist to your story to, for, for the, you know, to wake up and see the greys type and then to encounter a human being. Do you believe that the humanoid that you saw was of Earth or was it perhaps an alien that... Just looked human. Yeah, uh, I used to think that they might be from Earth, but uh, I'm thinking more and more now that they could uh, have been just a species that looks a whole lot like us, and and maybe that's why they're having a particular interest in us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What do you remember about inside the UFO? Um, do you remember any smells, colors, textures, words, sounds? Um, I, I don't recall any feeling of motion. I don't recall any sounds of machinery once I was inside. I remember how the, the craft sounded as I approached it. But, um, and uh, other than being really humid, uh, sort of stale, I don't recall a particular odor. But I'm not certain that there wasn't any because I think when I was hit by that beam, it did some damage um, that they uh, repaired. Ah, so like maybe a rescue. They actually turned around maybe and said, hey, we, we, we hurt this person on exit. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. You know, because um, if the crew had, uh, you know, if I, like, like if I had gone into cardiac arrest from being hit by that energy, because they said it threw me like 15 or 20 feet, um, if, if I was in cardiac arrest, uh, the nearest hospital, whether Payson or, or, or Sholo, uh, was over an hour away. And, you know, you got to restart a person's heart within four to six minutes or, or you know, it's irreversible. And uh, hmm. so they probably had to, uh, to uh, you know, re uh, resuscitate me uh, just to, uh, you know, prevent mm -hmm. Now, I want to get back to this humanoid that you encountered on, on the craft, and you said it, it, it guided you back. Um, was there any conversation between you and this humanoid? Eye contact? Did it communicate at all? Well, it was pretty one-sided as far as verbal was concerned because I was screaming and carrying on. Um, I was pretty out of control. Uh, I do think they could hear me because... I saw kind of a wince when they were up close. They were trying to put me down on the table. I was screaming so loud, it sounded, you know, the loudness of it made them wince a little bit. And there was a little bit of an expression of, of tolerance or annoyance or something there. On the human or the, or the aliens? Or the, gr the human. Humans. How many humans were there? Were there just the one you saw or there was multiple human annoyance? Yeah, there was, uh, there was others. And there was one 
I think they could hear me. I could hear my own yelling, of course, and I could hear the sounds of movement, and, hmm. uh, you know, hitting surfaces and that sort of thing. I think they were just trying to minimize any clues I might get about the situation. Now, this might sound like a weird question, but I ask these weird questions sometimes. Did you, and of course, you're under duress, so it's probably um, a crazy to ask this, but I'm going to take a shot at it. Did you did you get a chance to notice like a hairstyle? Like you said, one of them was a female. Did did, did she have long hair? Could you yeah, tell? Yeah, that's it was... a good point. Um, the female did have longer hair. Um, the hairstyles were actually kind of like what you'd see on people uh, on Earth. Um, it's possible that they had been, you know, mingling with earth people and had adopted hairstyles to, to fit in. You know, also... It would, it would be a pretty big coincidence that they would, you know, have that kind of division where we have males generally have shorter hair and women longer hair in some pretty widely divergent cultures, you know. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking, you know, humans get haircuts. They have hairstyles. They have, you know, there's certain little things that we do, um, little bells and whistles we add to ourselves. I was wondering if maybe you, you noticed that. Um, and again, you were under a lot of duress, so I wouldn't be surprised if you didn't. Um, well, um, the woman had long hair and the men had longish yeah. hair. Uh, but you know, it's kind of funny, you know, uh, China and uh, Arab areas uh, and Africa, you know, places where they don't even speak our language and their culture is completely different. There is a tendency for men to have shorter hair and women to have longer hair. Mm -hmm. so I don't know if it's kind of a universal humanish or humanoid sort of tendency or, or if they were just uh, adopting those styles mm -hmm. to uh, blend in somehow. Or this, another theory could be, Travis, that the humans you saw were of Earth and, you know, who knows what the government's hiding? I mean, I'm a big believer in that, in, in cover-ups. I believe there's a million cover-ups. I think Roswell is a cover-up. I, I definitely. Um, so perhaps there is there is some cooperation amongst, you know, humans and aliens that maybe even the government is not privy to at this point, and they've actually, you know, maybe they, these some of these missing people that, you know, that we have, the Americans are missing, and it might be them. It's just a theory, but you never know. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely possible that they could be from Earth. All right, um, let me ask you this. Why, why and this is something that, that's always been curious to me, and, and this really, it's not really directly related to, to your story, but I've been curious about this because I believe, totally believe that, you know, UFO, like I told you before we had the interview, I actually saw one when I was in the Navy. But I've always wondered why they haven't made themselves publicly known. Like, why hasn't one landed on the front lawn of the White House or, you know, hovered over, I mean, we have some, some pretty crazy UFO sightings, but, you know, why, why don't you think they've been just, just reached out, first contact? Why hasn't it happened yet? You know, some people say, well, why would anybody make a diplomatic 
overseers to answer grasshoppers. You know, they're so far ahead of us that they. But I, I don't really think that's it. You know, um, I I think although they're way ahead of us, that they have a little more respect for us than that. And I think it probably has to do with you know that it would create some very destructive consequences. You, you and I are ready for that kind of acknowledgement, you know. Mm-hmm. I, it, it, it wouldn't affect me. Nor me. It, it would increase my acceptance in, uh, in some circles, but, but there's a lot of people and a lot of societies here today that would be extremely disrupted if uh, this was made not, uh, you know, known, that it was publicly acknowledged and officially recognized. Well, it will turn the churches upside down, that's for sure. A lot of the, yeah. a lot of the organized religions would... And, and the governments, because, you know, it may have started out that they uh, were just interested in keeping it secret with the idea that maybe they could weaponize some of this stuff if they could uh, acquire some of that technology. And then once they started lying about it and covering it up, it became... Now we can't come clean, or nobody's going to believe us about anything in the future. Yeah. So they 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 kind of got stuck with standing by their previous position. Well, the, the Roswell incident really cracks me up because you got, you know, initially they say it was a an alien craft was captured, and when it hit the newspapers, and all of a sudden it was a weather balloon. It's, it's a pretty important weather balloon, I would think. You know, to send the whole yeah. army in. <laughs> oh, and then they, then they come up with three. Uh, government explanation since then right right and then to threaten more to the mortician and threaten the witnesses that you know they can end up being in holes in the desert if they talk well really yeah. what, 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 what's, what's the big deal to talk about a weather balloon yeah very interesting um, alright so let me I'm just looking at my notes here I want to make sure we haven't missed nothing um Okay, I want to get back to the lie detector test. That's that's what I wanted to move to. You pass you pass a ton of these lie detector tests. I'm sure you get sick of taking them. Um, yeah. Have you over the years, Travis, been followed at all by by government officials, maybe, or anybody in particular, maybe? Have you felt that your phone lines are still tapped to these days, maybe, or any well, kind of repercussions? I assume they're tapped, but um, you know, I think a lot of the harassment has been more on some of the other guys. Uh, uh, the the guy that was trying to discredit this case really pursued um, one of the crewmen, the youngest guy, and offered him a $10,000 bribe uh, to uh, deny that it was true, to claim that it was a hoax. And um, the, the crew boss has been harassed uh, by uh, government officials. But um, it's... The, the whole idea with the polygraph test, at the time that, 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 that just the six crewmen passed the test, the president of the American Polygraph Association said the odds were over a million to one that there could be any kind of a mistake when you've got six people passing a test on a single issue. Mm. And, you know, the point was made then that uh, that kind of testimony would have been sufficient to have convicted someone of murder I mean, to the point of the death penalty in an American court of law. And yet, in spite of that, people didn't want to accept that. Now, that was with six tests, and now the, the number of past tests in connection with this incident are up to 16 past tests. 
Just a few, like a, maybe some minutes or hours, right? You didn't know you were in that thing for five for five yeah, days. Yeah. When you were found, is, was the movie accurate? Were you found? Were you um, nude? Did you have no clothes on when they when they found you? No, that's t- <laughs> typical Hollywood embellishment. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, they also filmed the scene where you know the actor is naked and he comes upon a couple in a car and they're naked and they start screaming and he starts screaming, but. I'm glad they didn't use that. <laughs> right, right. Okay, so you had you had all your you know the same clothes on when they found you the five days later. But they did. Was it raining out? And they, did they find you by a payphone? Was that true? Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, um, I uh, there was three phone booths. You know, it's kind of funny because those phone booths are still there. Oh wow! Nobody has phone booths anymore. There's no phone booths anywhere in this whole county, but those are still there. There's no nothing hooked up to them, but the phone company decided to leave them there because of uh, what happened there. And um, the people that were trying to discredit this case were trying to claim that I was never there, but the phone company knew because the operator listened in on the phone call and reported to the sheriff. Hmm. So the sheriff went and sent a man out there, but by then uh, my family had come and got me. Wow. Any physical change in you, um, previous to the abduction to after, is there anything physically different about you? Well, I had a whole battery of psychiatric and medical tests. Um, uh, Nothing was found. Oh, it was uh, one of the big theories to try to explain it away was that it was a drug hallucination. But, you know, what was really (laughs) stupid about that was, you know, seven people are not going to hallucinate the same thing. Right. But I had blood and urine samples put through the county medical examiner's drug screen, which showed there was no trace of any drug, but, you know, that theory still pops up to this day. Um, let's see, what, oh, I, I had an um, EKG, a brainwave scan, uh, to EEG. And uh, the technician uh, was not informed of who I was. I was put in, in there on, uh, under an assumed name. And so all he was looking for was signs of injury. And he did find an unusual brainwave pattern. Hmm. And, and so I'm going to do some further research on that, see if it's still there. And 
might have caused a pattern like that. Mm-hmm. Now, the the I'm pretty sure the first like real, real credible abduction case wasn't it a couple, an African American male and a white female? Um, was that before yours? Was that did that happen before your case? Yeah, that, that, that happened before. Have you ever had a chance to speak with that couple? Uh, well, I spoke to the woman after her husband had passed away, mm-hmm. and uh, um, it's kind of an odd coincidence that uh, my incident happened in the White Mountains of Arizona, and their uh, incident happened in the White Mountains of New Hampshire, I believe it was. Ah, that is, that is interesting. Hmm. Any, any when you guys talked, was there some a similar incidents? Anything? I just hated talking about the incident itself. That, that you know, we tried to stay away from that. But I did get some good advice about how to handle uh, hmm. uh, the public's reaction to it all. You know. Any regrets coming out and coming clean with this? Do you wish maybe? Is there, are there times where you just wish you never even told anybody? difficult thing for you to deal with since since this happened Before my lifetime, and maybe yours is over with, that we will have some sort of a first contact. You think that's possible? Yeah, that's possible. It could be. And, uh, you know, there's been a gradual evolution in the reaction of the general public. Back when this happened, they didn't know of a single planet outside the solar system. It was just on the news today where they've identified another planet. A really small one. Yeah. Uh, now, this outside the solar system, going around other stars. And it was the smallest one that they've ever discovered, so Hmm. they're getting better and better at that. But now NASA says that there are more planets in this galaxy, in our local neighborhood, than there are stars. And that's, they know that to be a a fact now. Yeah. So. And it's it's really just a matter of time now with this Kepler telescope. We're getting better and better at finding these little planets, and they're looking for that Goldilocks planet so i think you know and they can they, they, they can actually see if there's any methane and stuff in, in these in the atmospheres from it's amazing how they can how they can see these things do you follow much what's going on with nasa like the mars curiosity rover and things like that oh uh, well i just see that stuff on the news and it's all just interesting but you know i i'm, I'm not even a student of ufos i've got my hands full just uh, thinking about what happened to me 
do, do you, and we're almost finished, I'm going to let you go in just a few minutes, um, if you had an opportunity, if it ever happened again, if, 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 if you were driving down the road and you saw one of these things hovering over the road, how do you think you would react if you, if you saw another one? Well, you know, I used to say, well, <laughs> I'd stay in the truck, but um, I don't know, you know, if there was a way to safely um, resolve some of the questions that I have. Yeah. Uh, you know, I might do that, but not that I'd go public with it. I think, speaking for myself, that would be big for me. If, if, if I was in your shoes, I, I think that would be frustrated with not knowing who they are, you know, where, where they're from. I would have a few questions myself. Yeah, for sure. Travis, honored to talk to you, man. I really appreciate you joining me on my podcast show. Before I let you go, though, I want to give you an opportunity to talk about any any websites you have or any books out there. How do people research? Talk about that a minute. Yeah, you know, people are very often still, you know, surprised that there's a book out there. But, you know, I've written a book. It's called Fire in the Sky. And uh, the only place to get it is from me. And uh, my website is Travis Walton. Uh, www.traviswalton.com Yeah. And the book Fire in the Sky, which the movie was written. Um, yeah. Um, that could be that's that's where it can be purchased at traviswalton.com. Yeah. And you know the Hollywood did change some things, so you know that's the only source for the real story, and that's you know extensively documented. Um, all the evidence, all the. All the facts are in there. And one last one last thing before I let you go. What do you do with yourself these days? Do you, do you, do you travel and give and give speeches and talk about this still? Yeah, I have been uh, doing more talking in the last couple of years because I, you know, retired from the paper mill where I worked for eleven years. So now, I, you know, I've, I, that's the reason I reissued the book. Mm-hmm. You know, this is a, a new updated edition because. I saw where people were selling the old used copies for hundreds of dollars, and I thought, whoa. Oh, wow. You know, that, that's outrageous. That's a ripoff. So, you know, it's all available at normal prices now. So, And uh, and I updated it. There was a lot of new stuff that needed to be, uh, people needed to know about. Yeah, that's good stuff, man. Well, again, I thank you so much for joining me, man. I really appreciate that. We look forward to having you back on one day. Yeah, uh, good talking to you. Thanks, Travis. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye.